Welcome to the Biz Times MKE podcast and another episode of the Weekly Debrief. I'm Arthur Thomas, Managing Editor at Biz Times Media, and I'm joined in the Weekly Debrief, as always, by Biz Times Editor Andrew Wyland. Andrew, how are you doing? Good. Good to be at the end of another busy week. Yes, it is. I'm uh, trapped at home. Trapped is a strong word. I uh, <laughs> am joined at home today by a three-year-old who is homesick from daycare. So if we have a few interruptions in our uh, conversation today, we'll just call that uh, ambiance, uh, the joys of working from home. Um, but uh, that's the, the reality we're, we're dealing with. So she's doing all right, but uh, you know, didn't want to spread spread germs more than necessary at daycare. So right. I'll leave it there. Uh we will dive right in with our insider story spotlight. That is a chance for us to highlight some of the stories that are available only to BizTimes insiders. If you are already an insider, thank you very much. We really do appreciate that. It helps make our work possible. If you're not an insider, please do consider subscribing. The equivalent of $9 a month will get you access to all the articles on our site, along with discounted event emissions and other benefits. So, Andrew, what is your Insider Story Spotlight this week? So, in December, we published a brand new publication for us, profiling the most influential business leaders in the state of Wisconsin. We chose 275 people to profile, and thus we called it the Wisconsin 275. Since then, we've we've already seen some changes involving some of these folks that we picked for this list. Um, And we had... Some news this week that involved two of them. We found out earlier in the week that Christopher Dries, who is the president of Mercury Marine in Fond du Lac, manufacturer of outboard motors, was leaving the company. Uh, We then later in the week found out why. Uh, There was an announcement from Menasha Corporation, which is based in Nina. They make corrugated and plastic packaging uh, materials. That they that that Dries is going to Menasha Corp. And he will replace James Kotek. James Kotek um, is retiring as president and CEO of Menasha Corporation in March, and Christopher Dries will leave Mercury Marine and become the new president and CEO of Menasha, effective March 13th. So both both of these guys, Dries at Mercury Marine and Kotek at Menasha, uh, are members of Wisconsin 275. So. But that was pretty interesting to see changes at the top of two of Wisconsin's largest manufacturers. And what is was especially interesting to me was to see Dries uh, going from Mercury Marine, heading up uh, up the, up to the Fox Valley, short way, and taking over leadership at Menasha. Yeah, absolutely. I think he had a pretty long run at Mercury Marine in terms of his career there. Uh, it's interesting to see that move. So it's interesting to get these uh, securities filings uh, from the, at least from the public companies about leadership changes when someone's leaving and they'll just say that they're leaving to pursue outside opportunities, you know, and then there's never really say where because it's they're focused on the company. And uh, then a few days later, you get the announcement from somewhere else. That's what played out here. So an interesting one. Another interesting story, my insider story spotlight this week is one Ashley Smart wrote headline on it, six former Bucyrus employees seek to take control of Illinois company's board. So it's an interesting story about Cicero, Illinois-based Broadwind Incorporated, 
which uh, also happens to have a heavy fabrications plant. I think it's around 300,000 square feet of facility up in Manitowoc. Um, they actually are makers of what won the uh, coolest thing made in Wisconsin contest, I believe last year, a big 140 ton crane. So what's interesting is there's this group. Uh, most of them are local to the Milwaukee area. Um, they own, I think, combined around 1% of Broadwind, of their common stock. And they're pushing, basically taking the route of an activist investor and trying to push for changes to the board. They see opportunity um, for it to grow. Uh, actually had a chance to catch up with uh, Ryan Bogenschneider, the person leading that group, and kind of talk about what they want to see. But it's just kind of interesting to kind of come at this. Obviously, we've talked about activist investors on this podcast before, typically in the context of coals and the things going on there and more coming at it from you know, the coals side of things and what we, what might, that might mean for local coals operations. This is a little different look at the activist investor world from a different kind of side of it with a, a local group behind it. Yeah, exactly. That, that was very interesting. Uh, after, after focusing so much on what coals was dealing with and you kind of think of these guys from New York or wherever who are trying to shake up a local company. And now it's, it's, it's a it's a different situation. We have a local group, groups based out of Elm Grove, group of people from Bucyrus. Uh, Bucyrus, of course, was a very successful, uh, longtime Milwaukee company, a mining equipment manufacturer that then was acquired by Caterpillar, and that seemed to shrink the the presence of of that business here in Milwaukee in South Milwaukee to be specific. Um so that was unfortunate to see. Um but now we have these former Bucyrus people as activist investors in this Illinois company, which is a company that is, as you point out, a major Wisconsin manufacturer. They have several plants, but one in Manawak. So yeah, interesting to see what's 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 going on there it was a pretty good story and was glad we were able to dig into it. Absolutely. We'll shift now to our big story of the week. Um, and it's one we've talked about some in the past. And specifically, it's Fiserv, uh, the currently Brookfield-based um, financial technology company that is planning to move its headquarters to downtown Milwaukee. We knew there was going to be some state incentives tied to that move. And this week, we found out just how much the company will be eligible for in terms of incentives. Wisconsin Economic Development Corp announcing Pfizer will be eligible for up to $7 million in tax credits to support that decision. And kind of the way it breaks down, a little, three, little over 3.1 million of that goes kind of just to retaining the corporate headquarters and related jobs. 2.25 million related to job creation and another 1.6 million or so um, for capital investment, all totaling up to $7 million in exchange for the company creating uh, 250 new full-time jobs at its Milwaukee headquarters, uh, 72 new jobs at other locations in the state, which is specifically its um, Brookfield office. They're going to retain a data center there. And then retaining other jobs. Basically, end of the day, they'll have 980 jobs in the state if they fulfill everything in this contract. And it will have invested around $40 million in the downtown headquarters. So question for you, Andrew. Is $7 million enough to pay or too much to pay to keep a corporate headquarters? Huh. Well, I don't know, but it is very interesting. And 
and there's a lot to unpack here, but it's very interesting to see the state of Wisconsin providing a $7 million tax credit to a company that is basically moving its headquarters from a suburban community to downtown Milwaukee. And, you know, you, you kind of look at that and go, you know, is this, why would the state, you know, provide an incentive to move from one Wisconsin community to another Wisconsin community? Um, feels like it's picking winners and losers between Wisconsin communities. But what is sort of pointed out is that, you know, Pfizer, which has operations, substantial operations in New Jersey and in Georgia, also some operations in Florida. And, you know, it's like, well, Pfizer might have moved this headquarters to these other locations. And I mean, this is, let's face it, this is like a game that these corporations play when they seek these types of incentives. They play communities and they play states against each other to get these incentives. I mean, Arthur, you've done a lot of coverage on incentives. You did a big cover story on this game uh, a few years ago. I mean, it's just very hard for states and communities not to engage in this because otherwise it's like you're unilaterally disarming and you're going to miss out or lose businesses to other places that are willing to do this. So I don't know if $7 million is too much or if it's the right price or, or, or what, but it's the deal that Pfizer was apparently able to leverage out of the state of Wisconsin, basically dangling the idea that, you know, if you don't do this, we might move to New Jersey or Georgia or something. Meanwhile, I do think it's interesting that the company, while pulling the headquarters out of Brookfield to move to downtown Milwaukee, is going to maintain a presence, a greatly reduced presence, but nonetheless is still going to have a presence in Brookfield because they have a data center there. Um, so you wonder what will become of the building they have in Brookfield. Um, you combine this, what the state is doing, with what the city of Milwaukee is offering as its own incentive, which is another $7 million. So you're looking at $14 million to retain. And, and of course, there's, as you mentioned, there's job growth involved too. So the incentive includes job growth. The incentive includes capital investment. It's not just retaining the headquarters. It's all the above. Um, but it's an interesting thing that the state and city feel they need to do to to retain, a, in the city's case, attract, and in the state's case, retain um, a big corporation like this in its headquarters. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they 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 told the state, at least according to the state's documents that that support the tax credits, they told the state, well, we could take these to New Jersey, where we made a commitment to have two thousand jobs just back in two years ago. We we could take it to New Jersey, and you know. This would help us meet our commitments out there. So you know, it is it is always yeah because like they, they cut another deal in New Jersey. They cut yeah. a deal like this in New Jersey, so, so they're getting they're getting incentives from New Jersey for job growth, and now they're getting incentives in Wisconsin for job growth and and retention. So I mean, they're they're playing the game in multiple states here. Yeah, and it's like you know, you could do way. Okay, do you, you unilaterally disarm and, and say, no, we're not going to do that? And 
just, you know, let the chip, chips fall where they may. But then, you know, this is, uh, you know, the, the jobs they're going to create 320, 322 new jobs with an average starting wage of $41.40 per hour. That's a lot of payroll that you're just walking away from. You know, the state's got math behind this um, right. to make it make sense. And it's the same thing with uh, the tax from incremental financing this, the city is doing to, you know, support the project. Well, you know, you could say, well, $7 million of, of tax revenue that you're forgoing, but this wouldn't necessarily happen without, you know, the you wouldn't have that tax revenue necessarily without that investment. So that's the tricky part to weigh into it. Yeah, it is. You know, it, it's that whole but for argument of do we do we really need to do this? Uh, would this would this uh, would this development happen? Would this business grow or move here um, if we weren't doing this? Is it really necessary, or is 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 this something we have to do uh, to make it happen? So, and of course, you know, the state and local economic development officials crunch the numbers and, and, and feel they can justify, you know, the incentives based on the financial return. I think that's always certainly debatable and you got to see how it plays out in the long run. But like we, like we said, this is sort of the game you're, you have to play to remain competitive with other communities and other states for these jobs and these, these businesses. So, so I guess we're playing it and Fiserv is moving to downtown Milwaukee and this will move forward and it it adds to a lot of the momentum that is happening in downtown. We talked about Northwestern Mutual bringing more jobs downtown last week, announcing that they are getting a big incentive from the city of Milwaukee as well. So, I mean, there's incentives there as well. Milwaukee Tools brought jobs downtown and They've gotten state and locals incentives to do that. So that's a lot of momentum an, added to, to downtown, but these deals all have these incentives attached to them. Yeah. The, the Milwaukee tool one is an interesting one because you mentioned that cover story I did a few years ago. And I talked to Jim Page at Milwaukee 7, who is kind of like the guy but, you know, that leads corporate attraction and retention efforts in the region. And when I did that cover, he talked about the Milwaukee tool deal and how he was afraid they were going to lose Milwaukee tool back in 2015, 2016 range. He, the offer they had on the table, they didn't think was going to be good enough. It ended wow. up being good enough. Milwaukee tool stayed. And then Milwaukee tool since then has been growing like gangbusters. So that's, Always kind of, I'm sure, way, you know, that kind so of thing. That was with thing. the first, the first big expansion in Brooklyn. The first, the first big expansion of the, the recent run. It was, um, yeah, yeah, the, the 2016 expansion, which has mm-hmm. been followed on by a number of other ones, um, all with high paying jobs and growth and all things and, you know, connected to it. So that's the thing. It's like you're weighing, you know, potential lost thing against potential big growth. Um, right. and future opportunities. Yeah, I mean, that's when it works. When If you get a situation like that where a big company that ends up growing a lot, you're getting a really strong return on your investment. And, and like you say, if that's uh, that's why states and municipalities do these things, because they hope for that kind of success. 
Absolutely. Well, we will continue to watch as it plays out and see if they follow through on all the commitments in it. Um, but until then, that'll do it for this week on the BizTimes MK podcast in the weekly debrief. Thanks for joining me as always, Andrew. Have a great weekend. This is Dan Meyer with BizTimes Media. You've been listening to the BizTimes MKE podcast. For more business news and insights, be sure to go to biztimes.com and subscribe to any of our daily e-newsletters and our magazine, BizTimes Milwaukee.